Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, won't you continue worship right where you are in your house right now? Just raise your voice and let's continue worshiping the King. Hallelujah, he is worthy to be praised. Father, you are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be praised. I raise my hands to the God of heaven. I raise my hands to the creator of the heavens and the earth. And I declare that you are worthy to be praised. There is no God like our God. There is no king like our king. And Father, I pray right now for those that are watching us via live streaming. Father, I pray that your presence will bring healing. Your presence will bring healing to somebody's life that is watching right now. Father, heal them. Father, restore them in your presence. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We celebrate you. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you are welcome once again. This is Resurrection Morning. And I would like to welcome all of you from across the nations of the world that are joining us today. It's going to be such a fantastic time in the presence of the Lord. We've decided to make this one a bit of more just about worship and focus on the presence of the Lord. Because it's all about Jesus, you know. It's not about us, it's all about Jesus. Amen. So right about now, I want to welcome all our branches that are joining us via live stream. I want to welcome our live Sunsetty. I want to welcome our live Lidak. I want to welcome Alive Mukwase. I want to welcome Alive uh, Rebecca. I want to welcome Alive Rustenberg. You guys are great. I want to welcome Alive Patsima, Alive Lidak. You guys are absolutely amazing. It's been great to spend a whole week together with you, you know, going through the daily devotions together, and especially our Friday service. It was absolutely amazing. Hallelujah. Now, I also would like to welcome our online worshipers, those that are connecting with us from different parts of South Africa. I mean, we've got people connecting from Mafi King. You guys are welcome. Connecting from Limpopo, Pretoria. Some people are connecting from Tembisa. Some people are connecting from Hartfield. I've got people connecting from all parts of Johannesburg and even Clegg's Dove, you know, uh, Steve Dove. I mean, all kinds of doves, you, you call it, you know. And then we've got people connecting internationally. Hallelujah. Uh, we've got amazing friends of ours that are always connecting from Ghana. We want to welcome you guys specially. I want to welcome all those that are connecting from Nigeria. I want to welcome all those that are connecting from Cameroon, my, 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 my native country. I want to welcome those that are connected from China and even India. You know, I want to welcome all of you people of God. It's such a joy, such a blessing to worship the King of Kings with you today. Amen. We appreciate you. We love you may you stay connected this is going to be a life-changing service for you nothing is going to remain the same by the time this service is over hallelujah you are blessed in the name of jesus praise the lord hallelujah well this morning is time to give to the lord i hope that you are ready We've been having a fantastic time, you know, doing these things online, learning how to adapt, learning how to give via, you know, our phones and stuff. It's been absolutely amazing. And I'm going to talk this morning about a woman that gave. Her name was Mary Magdalene. I call her a woman who supported Jesus genuinely. 
Hallelujah. She supported Jesus genuinely, genuinely. Now, in the book of Luke 8, verse 1 to 3, the Bible says, Soon after Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God, he took his 12 disciples with him, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, Johanna, the wife of Shusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that Jesus began a tour. And when Jesus began this tour, the tour was mainly his disciples and some women. And I want you to realize today that the, the, the ministry of Jesus really was dependent on that, those two groups. His disciples and some women. But among those women, some are mentioned in scriptures that really, really had an impact in the life and the ministry of Jesus. And, you know, the Bible talks of Mary Magdalene and others. But my attention was brought to Mary Magdalene because, you see, after this tour, we really don't hear much about the other women anymore much. But there is this particular woman who keeps popping up over and over again. Now, let me start by saying that, you know, it's easy to support somebody on a tour. Why? Because a tour is something that is nice and fun. Do you understand? When, when, when musicians are going on a tour, you know, you know, it's a lot of traveling. It's a lot of sightseeing. It's amazing. I mean, just for the fact that you are with him, you are with Jesus in, when he's going to Bethlehem, you are with Jesus when he's going to Jerusalem. Like, you also get to benefit from it because, I mean, you get to see people. You get to see the power of God. You get to see a lot of things. So when Jesus was going on these tours, these women were supporting him and they were there by his side. Hallelujah. But then, Jesus didn't do tours for the rest of his life. The time we are celebrating right now was a very dark time in the life of Jesus. Good Friday, he was crucified. And the Bible says that all his disciples departed from him. But I'm amazed that right on that day, at the feet of the cross, very, very, very important people were there. People who supported Jesus genuinely. John 19 verse 25, the Bible says, standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas. You see, those two we can understand. I mean, that was the mother of Jesus and then that was the auntie of Jesus. They were there by the cross. The Bible also says that one of the disciples of Jesus by the name of John was there. But there you have it. And Mary Magdalene. So Jesus was on a tour and Mary Magdalene supported him. Now Jesus is on the cross, a very difficult stage of his ministry. And Mary Magdalene is still there. She's still showing support. 
Mark 16, 1 and 2. Saturday evening when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene again. Now Jesus is buried. Do you understand? He's in the tomb. He's finished. But not for Mary Magdalene. Saturday evening when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, which is the mother of Jesus, went out and purchased burial spices so that they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. Now guess who went to the tomb again after Jesus is now dead? Mary Magdalene. So Mary Magdalene appears in the toes of Jesus. She's there when he's doing these powerful miracles. And it's, there are times in your life where it's easy to support the ministry. It's easy to support the church. It's even easy to give. We are all in the building, I mean, and God has blessed us. It's like we are touring. It's easy. But then the body of Christ, which is the church, start going through a crossroad. Like Jesus found himself on the cross. And when you start going through those difficult times, that's when you know really, 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 who was supporting you genuinely? Who is really with you? And that is where you find Mary Magdalene. She was there. Worse, after Jesus is dead and he is buried. In other words, he's no more reachable. Mary Magdalene still makes her way. She's still spending money, buying spices to go and embalm his body. I want to speak to you this morning because I believe that there are many Mag Mary Magdalene's watching me today, both men and women. At some point, you have supported this ministry. But this ministry has now entered into a very challenging time. It's like we are on a cross. Things are not easy. It's not easy to support when somebody is on the cross. It's not easy to support when somebody is on the grave. In fact, you will have many excuses to say that there's no more need to support his dead. It's all done. And yet at that very moment, Mary Magdalene continued spending money, buying spices to come in and move. No wonder when Jesus rose from the dead, she was the first one to know he rose from the dead. I hope you don't, you don't, it's not surprising to you why Jesus did not reveal himself to any of the disciples when he rose from the dead, but to Mary Magdalene. And people have written all kinds of funny stories about this, saying that Jesus had an affair. Listen, you must be, we must be very careful what we say. When you study the life of this one and you show this type of support was given to Jesus and to his ministry, it is not difficult to understand why she was able to have that vision of him when he rose from the dead. And I want to tell somebody that is watching me this morning. You know, it's easy for you to say, no, we are no more going to church, so there's no need for me to pay any tithes. I mean, no, who will even watch me? Mary Magdalene could have done like all the other disciples. Deserted Jesus. But she stood by him on the cross. And long after he was dead, she still went and continued supporting a dead body. Hallelujah. I believe that this is speaking to somebody. Many of us have resigned from giving because there is no more need to do it. 
there is no more opportunities to do it. Well, there are opportunities to do it. Appearing on your screens are many opportunities for you to do. It's like you are coming and standing by the cross. You are saying, Pastor, we are together, thick or thin. We are here. We will continue supporting the ministry. We will continue supporting the ministry in this dark road that we are going through right now as a church globally. And I can tell you something. The same way Mary Magdalene experienced the grace of Jesus you too will experience the same grace in your very own reality. Jesus is going to come through for you. You will have a vision of him. He will manifest himself to you. Because nobody can serve Jesus with those extra miles and not draw the attention of heaven. Those of you that are going through all kinds of situations just to make sure that that offering reaches us. I want you to know heaven is taking notice. Those of you that are still tithing in the midst of this pandemic, I want you to know heaven is still noticing. Those of you who have the ability to do it, but just because you are not in the church, you are not doing it, you also need to know that heaven is noticing. And we should not be surprised when after the pandemic, some people have risen higher and some have gone lower. That will never be your story. And I pray that you will continue supporting the work because the work hasn't stopped. As you can see, I didn't say that, no, there is now Corona. I'm going to sit. I'm no more going to preach. I have continued preaching the word of God. I have rearranged myself. I had never had to preach on, in front of a camera. Now I have had to learn to do it. And to do it with power. You could also say, I never had to give offering through my phone. Now I have to learn to do it. We can all get involved in this. We can all support the ministry. We can all see the body of Christ go through this crossroad and through this grave road and come out in the resurrection. Hallelujah. Because you need to know something. The church is going to come. We're going to have a resurrection morning. The church is going to come out of this pandemic and we're going to have a better day again. But when we are celebrating that day, I don't want you to be regretting that you know what, I wish I had done something when they were going through this. This is the right time, my brother. This is the right time for us to put our hands together and do something for the kingdom. Hallelujah. Right about now, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for the offering you're about to give to the Lord. I pray that the Lord will bless you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every hand that is stretched now to give. I pray for every finger that is going through the phone to spread and to give. Lord, I pray that you will bless your children, that you will increase them largely in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and hit that button. Keep hitting that button, my brother. Let's keep hitting that button. That little, that little hit, that little click, you know, it's amazing to you. But you need to know something. That little click is making a difference in this ministry. Many of you have been supporting this ministry for years and we are so grateful. And I pray that in this dark time, you will even support better. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God bless you richly. Well, we're going to go straight into the word of the Lord this morning. Praise God. We started an amazing series two weeks ago entitled, Let's Talk About Love. Hallelujah. And this morning, it's no different. We're going to continue talking about love. Praise the name of Jesus. And we're talking this morning about loving yourself. Two weeks ago, we spoke about loving God. 
Last week we spoke about loving your neighbor and this morning we're talking about loving yourself. Hallelujah. Now, you know, I've made a commitment before the Lord for this year 2020 to preach things that are practical, things that are helpful to the people. That's why even our Good Friday message was really a Good Friday message, but it was practical to you, something that you could take home and that could help you grow in your relationship with God. And guess what? Our Sunday morning resurrection message is also the same. It's going to be practical. You ask yourself, what is the connection between loving myself and resurrection morning? Ah, you will be surprised to realize that Jesus rose from the dead so that you can love yourself. I personally didn't know it. The Lord led me to it. And I realized that God has arranged even this series in a miraculous way. That the resurrection of Jesus has got a lot to do with how you see yourself. The resurrection of Jesus has got a lot to do with how you look at yourself. Now let's start right away from the book of Romans chapter 4 verse 25. The Bible says, He was handed over to die because of our sins. And he was raised to life to make us right with God. He was raised to life to make us right with God. There you have it. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Hallelujah! We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Hallelujah. Now, you see, Jesus rose from the dead, according to this verse, to make things right between you and God. Now, being made right with God has got more to do with how, who you are before God. And that is why I'm saying to you, that Jesus rose so that you can finally have the right to love yourself, accept yourself, believe in yourself. Hallelujah. Now, he rose with, so that we can have peace with God. Now, the peace you have with God affects the peace you have with yourself. And it is amazing for me to say that many people have peace with God but they don't have peace with themselves. They have peace with God, yet they are at war with themselves. And that is what I want to talk about this morning. How you can experience not just the peace with God, but the peace with yourself. To be at peace with yourself. Hallelujah. You know, let's talk about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, for example. It has always been a great subject of joy and jubilation and celebration. And even this morning as we are going through the worship songs and you know, we were celebrating with Pastor Pumi as she was leading us into the worship. He is risen. And I can just imagine how it was the day Jesus actually rose from the dead. And the day the disciples got to know he is alive. That the hope that they had is not lost. You can imagine the joy that they felt. Hallelujah. But you know one thing, as they were all rejoicing and celebrating, there was one person that was not happy at all. 
in the midst of all that celebration and rejoicing, one of the most trusted men of Jesus was not at peace. Matthew and Mark 16, verse 6 to 7, the Bible says, But the angel said, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Hallelujah. Look, this is where they led his body. Now, listen, now go and tell his disciples, including Peter. Go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. He will see you there, just as he told you before he died. Let me ask you a question. Was Peter not one of the disciples of Jesus Christ? <laughs> Why will the angel say, tell the disciples, including Peter? Very simple. Even though this was a great day, even though this was good news, unfortunately, Peter had excluded himself. And the reason why Peter did not feel he was a disciple of Jesus anymore, the reason why Peter didn't feel that he deserved to be a disciple of Jesus anymore is because of something he did prior to Jesus dying on the cross. We see that Peter denied the Lord Jesus three times. And that mistake Peter did I'm going to read it for you. Luke 22, verse 56 to 57. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, this man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. Ah, Peter. Peter, you don't even know. He said, I don't even know him. And Peter didn't do that once. He did it three times. Matthew 26, verse 75. Suddenly, when he did it the third time, suddenly, Jesus' word flashed through the minds of Peter. Before the roster crows, you will deny me three times. You will deny three times that you don't even know me. And he went away weeping bitterly. Peter went away weeping bitterly because he was reminded of something the Lord had told him. And he failed that test. And when he failed that test, the reason why he was weeping bitterly because he thought, this is it. I've lost it. I've failed. I've missed it. That's why Mark 16 verse 7. Now go and tell his disciples. Including Peter. The Lord was reminding Peter. Listen my brother. I rose from the dead. So that you can come out of that place of complaining. So that you can come out of that place of feeling sorry. Feeling bad about yourself. I rose from the dead. So that you can be reinstated where you belong. I rose from the dead to bring you hope. You can come back. You belong to the group. Hallelujah. You see like Peter. You might be right now feeling the same way. We are rejoicing about the resurrection of Jesus, but you don't feel like you should rejoice because you feel you have let Jesus down far too many times. You feel that you, had, you don't deserve to rejoice because in so many ways you have denied him. 
And you know what that does to you? It brings condemnation to your spirit. And let me tell you something about condemnation. Number one, condemnation causes you to hate yourself. Condemnation causes you to blame yourself. Condemnation causes you to live a life of regret. Condemnation causes you to expect punishment every day of your life. Condemnation causes you to feel unworthy of happiness, unworthy of success, unworthy of anything good. Condemnation steals the praise of God from your mouth and gives you a spirit of heaviness. In other words, you find yourself constantly heavy, always moody, always, you know, uh, know, angry, or always feeling like, you know, I don't deserve to be happy. You, You always feel that way. But most importantly, condemnation causes you to exclude yourself. Yeah. Every time you feel condemned, many people that stop going to church, it's not actually because they are offended by anything the pastor did or anything. Actually, they are condemned. Condemnation makes you exclude yourself from the group. Let me tell you something. Two people denied Jesus that day. The first one was Judas. And you know what happened to Judas? Actually, Jesus, Peter denied Jesus three times. Judas denied only once. But the condemnation that came on Judas was so much that Judas didn't feel he deserved to even go back. You know what he did? He went and hanged himself. He excluded himself totally. I have enough respect for Peter. Even though he denied Jesus three times, he did not exclude himself completely. He remained around because you know what? There's always hope in God. There is always hope in God. And I want to encourage you today, stop condemning yourself. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That thing you are excluding yourself, is not going to help you. Yes, you've done something bad, yet nobody knows in the church what you did. And the enemy has come and he has begun telling you, listen, you better find your way out. Find your way out. Find your way out. You are unworthy. You are unworthy to praise. You are unworthy to rejoice. You are unworthy to even give. You are unworthy. Just the same thing he did with Peter. He made Peter feel unworthy to be called a disciple of Jesus Christ. To the point where the angel had to include Peter as somebody who was not included before. Then the angel ended up saying, go and tell his disciples, including Peter. I see you being included in the name of Jesus. I say, I see you being included in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, we want to quickly, as I'm closing this amazing teaching, I hope you are being blessed in your house. I hope God is ministering to you right where you are and removing all forms of condemnation and guilt and sorrow and pain from your heart. Hallelujah. Now, what does it mean to love yourself? I'm going to give you five things that relate with loving yourself. Number one, Loving yourself is to stop being angry with yourself. Stop being angry with yourself. Genesis 45 verse 5. But don't be upset, Joseph told his brothers. Don't be angry with yourself for selling me to this place. 
It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. Can I tell you something, brothers and sisters? One day you will wake up and realize even what seems to look like a mistake is part of the plan. What you are looking at today and you are feeling so bad about yourself, you are feeling like you have let God down. Maybe you got an abortion, maybe you got pregnant and you now have two babies. I don't know what is going on with your life. But you are feeling today that this is such a bad thing. Joseph told his brothers, don't be angry with yourself. What you meant for bad, God turned it for my good. God can turn that situation for your good. So, you, you know, when you are, you are angry with yourself, you are destroying your spirit inside. So learn, rather than being angry with yourself, learn to trust God. Say, Lord, you know what? I don't know what is going to come out of this, but I choose to trust you. I choose to trust that you know better. They sold Joseph as a slave, and later Joseph became their, slave, their savior. A slave that turned into a savior. And if they didn't sell him, he could have never become their savior. So I'm here to tell you there are many things you are going through today that actually they look like a mistake, but it's actually a positioning. Actually, what looks like a mess, like we usually say, is going to turn to become your message. Hallelujah. What looks like a lemonade, a lemon will turn into your lemonade one day. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So the first thing is don't be angry with yourself. Learn to forgive yourself. Learn to forgive yourself. Learn to love yourself. Number two, loving yourself is realizing that you are a product of grace, not disgrace. You are a product of grace. You are not a product of disgrace. And you will never be. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10, the Bible says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. So you are a product of grace. And the grace of God is not anything that is based on what you've done. Let the grace of God continue working. Even when you fall, keep saying, I am a product of grace. I am a product of grace. I know the grace of God is working this for my good. The grace of God is going to work it out for me. I don't know how I'm going to come out of this, but I am not a product of shame. I am a product of grace. Therefore, I shall not see shame. I will see the grace of God. Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. So men are made by the grace of God, not by their own capacity. It's not because of how good you are or how bad you are, how strong you are, Oh, how weak you are. Oh, pastor, you don't know me. I'm just so weak. I can't stand. Listen, nobody is standing by their own strength. We are all standing by the grace of God. So stop relying on your capacity. Stop relying on self-righteousness and learn to tap into the grace of God. Allow the grace of God to work on your behalf. Hallelujah. Number three, loving yourself is embracing your God-given uniqueness. You need to realize that there is a degree of your life that is just you. Embrace that uniqueness about you. Many people don't love themselves, not because there's something wrong with them, because they are not accepting who God made them to be. They are struggling. They are struggling. Genesis 25 verse 27, the Bible says, As the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoors man. But Jacob had a quiet temperament, preferring to stay at home. 
two boys that were born from the same father and the same mother. One was outspoken, adult man. The other one was inward. You will say that Jacob was a melancholic. And you will say that Esau was a sanguine. And I know many people that struggle with their, their temperament and their personality. You know, they want to be like somebody else. And if you had asked somebody today, between Esau and Jacob, who do you prefer? Everybody wants to be, uh, you know, outspoken and all. So everybody was going to say, no, 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 me. I'm Esau's friend. I'm Esau's friend. You know, Jacob is always in the house. Jacob never goes out. Jacob is too quiet. But Romans chapter 9 verse 13 says, just as it is written, Jacob I loved, Esau I hated. Isn't it amazing that the outspoken, you know, the one that seems to be all out, God didn't even like him. He is the one who sold his birthright for a plate of soup. Accept who you are. Embrace who you are. Jacob did not try to be like Esau. He just remained himself. And by being himself, he found himself ahead. Hallelujah. I see you moving ahead. Not by trying to be like everybody. Now, I am one of the people who believe in the art of copying. But the, the art of copying does not remove you, does not mean you shouldn't be you anymore. Otherwise, Jacob was going to have to become a hunter too. So the moment the father said, go and hunt, he was also going to go and hunt. And nobody was going to win. But it is the, the very same thing that looked like the strength of Esau became his weakness. He went hunting. Meanwhile, Jacob had the sheep just behind the house. And he just went and took it and killed. And God the blessing. You shall not miss your blessing in the name of Jesus. Number four, I'm talking about loving yourself and I hope that as I'm teaching this, you are beginning to see areas in your life where you look like Peter and you need to be included back. Loving yourself is freeing yourself from the need to be accepted by others. Free yourself from the need to be accepted by others. I know we are relational beings and we always want to belong somewhere. And it's a very important part of who we are. But let me tell you something. This usually also becomes your biggest trap. You find yourself trapped in trying to please everybody. You find yourself trapped in trying to fit in. And before you know it, you start compromising who you are and where you are going. Just because you want to fit in, just because you want to belong in the group. These are destroyed many people. They don't love themselves enough to be different. Let me tell you something today. You are not ready to succeed until you are ready to be different. You are not ready to succeed until you are ready to be different. Meaning even if a thousand people go this way and I feel this is the way I want to go, I will not allow them to move me. I will go the way I feel I should go. Success belongs to those who know themselves, to those who have accepted who they are and who are ready to stand, even if it means they stand alone. 
Jesus found himself on the cross all by himself. Today the whole world is celebrating him. But there was a day in his life where only Mary Magdalene, his mother and his auntie and his disciple were there. Everybody left him. Including the 5,000 people he fed. Now this is very important especially for my daughters. Because I know time and time again you find yourself in compromising situations just so that you can be accepted. You are not the first. In the book of Genesis 29 verse 17, the Bible talks about a woman by the name of Leah who had a sister by the name of Rachel. And it seems like Leah was not having favor, you know, because of a weakness on her body. The Bible says there was no spark in Leah's eyes. But Rachel had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. I mean, look at that CV. There was no spark in Leah's eye. And you know, every woman wants to have that little spark. But when you look at Leah, it's a tree. It's a tree. Just a, just a tree. Just, it's a tree. Nothing. You, you don't even know where the roots are. You don't even know where the branch. You can't make the difference between the branches and the roots. Just a massive tree that is just there like that. Yet her younger sister had all the figures. Before Leah knew it, she found herself trapped in trying to impress. And who was Leah trying to impress? Her husband, who was also the husband to her sister. When she saw that her husband did not love her, even though she was trying she decided to start giving children. Hoping that by the child, if I give enough children, he will like me. Genesis 29 verse 32. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben. For she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. Leah thought that if she can give her husband children, he will love her. Surely, my husband, we learned last week, husband, love your wife. This is Reuben. He doesn't love his wife. And the wife is now under pressure to perform so that she can be loved. She's now, she's now dysfunctional just so that she can be loved. She says, surely, my husband will love me this time. But to, to Leah's greatest surprise, the man didn't love her. That, Reuben was the first one. Then she had a second one. He still didn't love her. She had a third one. He still didn't love her. She realized that this is a vicious circle. It's never going to stop. Oh, I will sleep with him. Then finally he will accept me. You are, you are misled. It will never stop. He will keep asking for other things. Oh, I know that if I can just do this for her, she will finally accept and she will finally love me. Listen. If people cannot love you for you, they don't deserve you. That is just the way it is. Number five, loving yourself is seeking your approval only from God, not from men. Not from men, only from God. You see, what happened with Leah was that Leah got stuck in trying to impress men and trying to please men. But I thank God for Leah because by the time she fell pregnant for the fifth time, she changed her mind. Genesis 29 verse 35. The Bible says she conceived again. 
And when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time, I will praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> and she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. You know, many things you are doing, you will stop doing them when you find peace with God. You will stop running around. It's because you are trying to be loved. But you don't understand, nobody can love you until you love yourself. Then number two, you cannot find that love from people. Only God can satisfy you with that love. So the Bible says Leah named her last born Judah. She said, this time, I will praise the Lord. And no wonder David came years later and says, I'll, I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And can I tell you something about that boy Judah? That one boy that Leah chose to honor God with. He is the ancestor of King David. He is the ancestor of King Solomon. He is the ancestor of King Jesus. Jesus is called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. If you could only understand what I'm teaching you today. And realize your real approval is not from your uncle. It's from God. Stop degrading yourself in the hands of people who don't care about you. All they care about is what you have to give. And when you stop giving it, they stop having any interest in you. My prayer for you today is that you will fall in love with yourself. That's why Jesus went on the cross. He rose from the dead so that you can be made right with God. And when you are made right with God, you stop fighting with yourself. You stop having inner issues. You stop having low self-esteem. You stop struggling with all these things. You start loving yourself. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you something. I used to hate myself. I've given my testimony many times. But the Lord healed me. And I came to realize I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You might not agree with me. I don't care what you think about. You need to understand this is not how you think about. This is how I think about. And you shouldn't allow people to determine how you think about yourself. This is what has killed Africa. Our daughters are wearing wigs because white people are having wigs. I'm sorry for my white brothers and sisters. But they don't love their, their short hair. This thing go, it descends. People start bleaching themselves. They start removing body parts. It gets worse. It gets very worse. You know, we know about the, the suicide of Judas, but I wonder how many people have committed suicide over and over inside. Killed themselves so many times. Because they don't love who they are. They are struggling with who they are. On this resurrection morning, I came to tell you something. Jesus rose from the dead to make things right between you and the Father. So you are at peace with the Father. And the Father is the only one that matters. No wonder, no matter who is not at peace with you. If you are at peace with the Father, you are on your way to the top. Hallelujah. And this morning, I want to take communion with you. 
And I'm going to trust God that the communion you are receiving this morning is going to bring healing and destroy that hatred you've had against yourself. So we're going to partake of the communion. But before we do that, I want to help somebody that is watching me. You've heard me preach and you would like to give your life to Jesus. Right now, I want to lead you in a prayer. If you are listening to me and you are saying, Pastor, you know what? I don't think I love myself much. I'm that person you're talking about. I've just been living. I hate myself. Some people even cut themselves. They pierce themselves. Many people are in all kinds of drugs and addictions because they don't love themselves. Many people abuse other people because they abuse themselves. Maybe you're one of them. This morning, Jesus has sent me to help you. Right where you are, we're going to pray. I want you to speak these words after me. If you want to accept Jesus in your heart so that he can bring new life and fresh love for yourself. You're going to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me. On the third day you rose again. That I might be justified. Right now, I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring me. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name.